What is up, guys? Welcome to Grillo Talk. This week we have Kevin Anderson with us here, a Tucson local, and one of my best friends, owner of Pursuit Fitness. Um, so what's up, Kev? Tell us about yourself, man. Um, a little bit about myself. I'm 27 years old. We just opened up this gym together, March 1st. Yeah. Uh, we've been closed, uh, I would say, since March 16th due to the uh, COVID pandemic. Yeah. Uh, COVID. <laughs> so we're, we're trying to stay positive. We're trying to, you know use other resources and uh, other outlets in order to kind of connect with the community. And uh, that's why we're here right now. Uh, I think a little bit about, little bit about myself, uh, been training going on year five. Uh, first started with a kind of basic like ISSA cert. And as soon as I finished it, I was like, this is nothing. Like I already knew all this stuff. I just right. needed someone to tell me that, hey, you already know this. Um, and then I think I became kind of like <laughs> you already know this. <laughs> I think I said sure about those certifications. I, I, I kind of became became like kind of obsessed with it. Like I, I figured out like fitness was okay. This is like fitness is like a Rubik's cube, and you know like those little like seven year olds that just like pick it apart. They just want to turn it and turn it and kind of figure out all the colors and see how and then put it all back together and figure out how many, like how much faster they can get it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of my connection with fitness and it, lifestyle, nutrition, training, and we can just get into a bunch of different topics. So that's kind of my background. That's where I'm at today. Right on, man. Yeah, yeah. We've just been trying to get incredibly like ingenuitive with this whole COVID pandemic situation. Um, as far as training goes, like being able to, with certain people train in parks mm -hmm. or um, through Zoom has been incredibly successful as well. That stock is up like over 50% from what I hear. So insane, <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, Zoom has, saved not only us but like so many trainers around yeah. the country around the world i would imagine but yeah unprecedented unprecedented times that like we're living with this like covid pandemic but um yeah you had basically talked about the topic of stress and that's yes. kind of something that you wanted to cover yeah so especially the times right now i think it's it's kind of um ideal to like let's you know let's figure out what stress is because i hear it all the time i have, I have clients message me i have you know friends like message me like Hey, are you doing? Like, are you doing okay? Like, I, I figured you're so stressed out about this whole situation. Like, you just you just opened up your business. Are you gonna be okay? And like, in actuality, with like the amount of craziness that's going on, I tell them, I'm like, I'm fine. Like, are you okay? Like, what can I do for you? Because like, honestly, in my head, I know that there's things out there that I, I can't change, right? But I can, you know, control the variable that I can, and that gives me like, you know, enough kind of like a calmness to sleep at night and wake up the next day and just do it all over again. So just kind of just uh, control the variables that I can and then just have, you know, like a positive kind of mindset and output and not let like, you know, stress affect me. So uh, I think it's one like topic and like a, like a action that we need to yeah. talk about. Uh, so like, I'll ask you. Actually, so, before we move on, okay. I just wanted to cover one yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to cover one thing. Absolutely love that he brought up that bit about what I have control over and what I don't have control over. This is something without a doubt that if you follow me on Instagram, follow Kevin on Instagram, we talk about this all the time and most specifically, you definitely heard me talk about it, Kevin as well, stoicism, right? And as a matter of fact, the reason I talk about it so much is because of you. Thanks to this <laughs> guy right here, he like on a whim for some reason, uh, mailed me the Daily Stoic by Mark Holiday, right? Yeah, Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday. Sorry about that. Ryan Holiday, the Daily Stoic, and um, it's been a staple in my life as far as like philosophy goes, Stoicism, and essentially that is the root 
foundational belief in stoicism. It's like, okay, what can I control? What can I not control? Let me let go of the things that I can't control. Let me, I don't want to give them any power over me. I'm not going to let them control me. Instead, I'm going to see what I can control and act on that, right? I love that. And so basically, I wanted to plug not only Ryan Holiday, but plug Kevin because honestly, thank you so much. I love the stoicism, bro. That's where I get it from, this guy right here. Um, but anyways, your question, your question. Okay, so we'll talk about stress. So if I were to ask you, okay, what is stress to you? I mean, what, is, what are the first things you think about? And what are some like complications okay. you uh, on? Right off the bat, yeah. the first thing I think about is stress is absolutely necessary. And secondarily, so many different types of stress exist, right? Exactly. And like as trainers, we probably go into a place that a lot of people don't go into, which is like the stress of like a training stimulus, so to speak, that requires an adaptation, right? Mm -hmm. Like specific adaptations imposing demands, right? The set principle. Right. As a trainer, that's exactly where we go because mm -hmm. that particularly pertains to the human body and yeah. like the physiology of things. However, you know, something that we just mentioned right now, the pandemic that is affecting the entire world that can kind of cause a different type of stress as it pertains to like your mental health, not necessarily your physical being. So like, like so yeah, I go into mental health, but I also go into yeah. like physical stress that essentially creates athletes, you know, or whatever you might want to say. And so I'll just kind of stem off of you. So I think one of the the hardest pieces in that to translate that that word right from person to person, it's for one person, it's traffic. Or one person is yeah. checking out at Costco. For one person, <laughs> like they lost a loved one, right? And for another person, like in our profession, it could be, you know, a, a training stimulus. Like my body is just so beat that I have to figure out a way to recover from it. And I think it's it's because we use that one word to describe like any type of irritation, right? It could be trivial irritation yeah. or it could be all the way to like depression, anxiety. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so you have stress here. And all these underlying, you know, subcategories, and it's just like, okay, so if I say stress, and I'm not explaining like what it's coming from, what it's stemming from, the other person can misinterpret that and be like, oh crap, like they, you know, it's nothing for them. Or, but in hindsight, it could be like if this person's friend just died. You know what I mean? So that's the thing is that we need to have a better way to describe what the actual stress yeah, is. Because it's such a spectrum. Of it's what it's it such a huge spectrum. Be. Exactly. Um, regardless, though, yeah, yeah, I kind of just thought to myself, like. Going back to what I said, no matter where you land on the spectrum, yeah. stress is necessary. Mm -hmm. You know, like pressure creates diamonds. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so like to be the person that I am today, I had to go through several different stressors. Mm -hmm. Same thing with you and anyone else listening or watching. So yeah, yeah, it's just kind of a little bit of a riff I had there. No, no, you, where were you gonna say? Uh, well, I was gonna talk about a little bit of what exactly stress is and, and try to remove like the entire like negative connotation that's associated with it, like you know, from the like, global community. Yeah. So we'll talk about like what's, what stress is, right? So we as humans, and I mean animals too, they have a stress response, right? So you have your your stress response. So it's just kind of oh, whoa, <laughs> the floating desk. <laughs> Almost ripped the desk up off the floor. Just he's stressed out. That's not good. <laughs> he's stressed out. Uh, uh, so we so talk about so, so we talk about you know during like uh, our stress response. Okay, so we are our sensory kind of output sends you know neurotransmitters to you know for, to our like hypothalamus in our brain, yeah. which leaks to like our pituitary gland, which sends a message to the adrenal, adrenal glands, 
And then like us as humans, like so during a stressful time, right? Whether that's mental or any like, you know, physical or physiological, all in, you know, one global sum, we, you know, we excrete essentially two hormones, right? That are completely necessary. Like without it, we would not be able to be us, yeah. right? So, you know, one of those is, you know, cortisol. And so cortisol helps, you know, break down sugar into energy and helps, you know, for, for us to kind of utilize like fat cells as energy too during, you know, fight or flight response. The other thing we secrete is uh, DHEA, and I believe the pronunciation is dehydroepiodosterone. And so when that hormone is secreted, you know, during a fight or flight response, right. uh, what it does is it kind of speeds up wound repair, okay, during that initial time. And what it also does is it uh, boosts or enhances immune function for that, you know, obviously in that, stand, in that standpoint. Yeah. So again, very necessary things like if something you know catastrophic were to be happening, yeah, I'd already get shot. If you were to get shot, <laughs> you're gonna get shot. And I didn't have that stress response, I would probably you just fuck. die in a second. So that's just a little bit about you know what's what those two like essential stress hormones that get excreted you know during time of irritation yeah. happen, um, and why you know the necessary functions of why they do exactly what they do. So again, stress is not and the stress is not the enemy. What could be it could be the bad thing, right? Or what is known and studied to be the bad thing is ratios being uneven. Uh, Too uh, much right. of cortisol can do this, right? Can lead to like depression, anxiety. Yeah. Too much of DHEA anything can do this, this, this. So anything, too much of anything, too much of anything can screw you. Throws the whole thing off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> is there anything you want to stem off of? No, that what seems like that, that's the perfect breakdown of basically what the biological response to stress is, as far as like what we're feeling and also like absolutely essential uh, physiological functions mm -hmm. for like a fight or, uh, fight or flight response, which is pretty obvious, right? The whole entire immune thing as well as wound repairing, right? Because they get automatic when you think of fight or flight, you also think of like very specific things like vasoconstriction, um, right? Just imagine if your if your vessels didn't constrict during a fight or flight response. Imagine yeah. if they didn't when you got shot. You know what I'm saying? Like you're gonna bleed out very quickly. So that's a self defense mechanism right there in that fight or flight response for you to for your body to stop the bleeding in the you know situation that you get shot. <laughs> <laughs> Which hopefully won't happen. Yeah, we're, we're, hoping, we're hoping nobody gets shot during this scene. It'll be on Instagram, guys. <laughs> Uh, I think I think another thing to, to note that is like obviously like during times of you know stressful situations yeah. that you know our brain and our uh, autonomous nervous system you know they 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 kind of uh, partitions our body to do certain things and to not do certain things so like suppressing hunger suppressing like sex hormones and yeah. sex drive because the, the the brain is telling the body hey we don't have time to do this we're shit. talking about like, hierarchy of needs yeah you know what i'm saying so it's like okay you want to survive we're going to do this sex yeah. can wait sex can <laughs> wait you're going to eat less by the way you know so shit that's true it's true when you think about situations like the ones that we're in uh, now, right? Something as simple as going to the grocery store and not being able to find toilet paper can be very stressful. It can be very stressful. And yeah. and so like to kind of uh, go based off of that, like for me, I'm not tripping about that. But yeah. I've had clients, I've had clients, you know, they text me like, oh my God, have you been to Costco? Like, I can't get what I need. Yeah. And then that has a trickle down effect to the workouts I give them at home. Because if they're stressed out, right? If they don't have like control of, you know, these, external variables, these floating yeah. radicals, then that trickles down into, you know, their training regimen. And I have to be able to kind of modify things, 
less in volume because again, if I, if they're sending me like their health markers, right? Yeah. So some things that are attributed to like sympathetic nervous system, like elevated heart rate, elevated blood pressure, yeah. and and then I throw a shit ton of volume at them, it up even right? More. <laughs> and then, yeah, and like so they already it's like the workload is already too much. For the yeah. person, right? Because of the environment, like it has nothing it's to change drastically. The environment changed. changed, so the, the programming must change, and that's the kind of thing that like we have to be able to do and be able to understand. And it's not like a, all right, here you go, I'll, I'll check in with you later. It's like a day by day thing with something like as cataclysmic as this, because people react so like so differently, and it's so quick. And like with all the updates that are coming through the news, everything is changing. Like news will change what I have the person doing for programming that day okay. depending on how they're feeling and the questions that I'm asking so like every day I'll you know I'll reach out to somebody and I'll ask them like a specific question like hey like how are things going like where are you at right now yeah, and that gives me kind of you know better feedback right as much information as I can collect and data I can you know piece that together and be like okay you know what I need to make you know, bring up bring back the workload a little bit maybe go into a little bit of a deload this week yeah. because like, so too, any, any, yeah, any more physical stress they will never recover from this. Yeah. And then what, two weeks down the road, we're gonna be eventually two months back. Yeah, exactly, that's what I was gonna say. Eventually you're doing like negative work, mm -hmm. you know, where you're basically putting in more damage than what you can recover. So not only are you going backwards, but quite frankly, you're also putting yourself at a risk of injury. You know, if you're doing, uh, if you're moving uh, at a higher, uh, I guess, volume or intensity, mm -hmm. it, with all these external factors also weighing in on top of you. Um, and going off of that too, you know, uh, if you're, I'm, I'm very chill. I'm a very chill guy. You know this. I'm so relaxed. I'm like, ah, COVID, it's all going to be good, man. Let's just, you know, chill. <laughs> like, it's okay, bro. It's okay, bro. <laughs> Shoots. And, um, even I check in the news every single day. Um, I'm not going to say I check in multiple times a day. Maybe I do because of notifications, but Due to the circumstances, like I wake up in the morning and I am, you know, as I'm doing my morning routine, I have, you know, live news on my phone as I'm in the bathroom doing my thing, listening to updates and things like that. I try not to let it affect me too much thanks to, you know, things like daily meditation or like, you know, the daily stoic even, you know, checking in with my friends, um, surrounding myself by with certain people. Yeah. But at the same time, if, uh, if that news is trending negatively, negatively, negatively every single day, it could definitely get to other people's, it can get to me personally. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Other people that don't know how to handle certain situations yeah. as well as maybe they should, mm -hmm. or maybe they have other stressors in their life on top of this whole COVID thing. Like, yo, know, thank goodness I don't have any kids, for example, because now I have to homeschool, yeah. right? Yeah. Or I am technically like, you know what, non-essential, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So if I was essential, like some of these Amazon workers are working 12 hour days, dude, or more, yeah. you know, or at the grocery stores, things like that. All that stress can pile on if the news gets worse and worse. Thankfully, like I, at least my consensus, the news has been getting better as far yeah. as going on. Um, but just so many factors that contribute to your physical performance that are actually like, you know, very non-tangible. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's very interesting take, you know, your take is especially like on these external factors that have nothing to do with you know necessarily like a physical stress on your body as it pertains to training truly affecting your performance and accounting for that by changing the programming uh, not only for ourselves but for our clients as well yeah so it's a good it's a good bit of information there i think i think the other thing the, that we have to take an account for too um especially like say 
say we don't we don't talk about the pandemic right now. Okay. Yeah. So say this is like pre-pandemic, pre-pandemic. post-pandemic. <laughs> all right. You're air very low, and you, you're going after your training program now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to tap into more like physical stress. Okay. Right. Workload stress. And you know you have you know your programming, and it's just and you're you're going five days a week, and you know you have these integrated rest days. But you decide that you know what I'm not going to take them. Right. Yeah, you're yeah. going to be eagled yeah, after yeah. that week, and you're not going to take them. I'm feeling great, man. You're not going to take them, and then right after, right as soon as you after you work out, you pound, you pound a protein shake, and you're like, all right, I'm just going to keep going about my day. But it's just like we have to figure out, okay, if you if you step, you know, on the gas, I mean, you got a brand new Ferrari, you step on it, you know, going 100 miles an hour, okay, and then you finish you you finish you know this race at 100 miles an hour, and you just let go of the gas, right, and you don't throttle the breakdown, you're still going to go for quite a while, right? Yeah. So the thing, same thing is too, is like, if you ramp up your nervous system, like pre-training, right, and you get into this, you know, fire, this stressful situation, you're pumping a lot of volume, right, and you're going with intent, and you're, you're promoting, you know, sympathetic nervous system, you're driving it up, and then you finish your workout, and you don't take the precautionary measures after, right, like a brisk walk to promote, you That's know, like a brisk walk, meditation, um, cool down breathing, yes. you know, so it's not just be... making a rest day. No, no, no. It's, it's got good sleep, absolutely nutrition, yeah. regenerative measures like um, self-myofascial release, you know, uh, that really encompassed the whole entire recovery phase. Yeah. And if we talk about the, re- the actual recovery phase, like the best time to, you know, take nutrition in, okay, like intake and assimilate and partition like nutrients is when we're in that parasympathetic nervous system state, our rest recovery response. Yeah. like. Our body's not going to ingest and utilize all these, you know, nutrients the way it should be or at all. If I'm in this, you know, adrenal phase, right? If I'm ramped up after a workout and you see somebody like drinking in the middle of their workout, like, you know, or they'll they'll eat a meal in the middle. It's like, you're not doing anything with that right now because your body's right now, it's, it's, it's not in the right state that it needs to be to do that job. Like you have to separate these tasks. It's just like, you know what? I want to be the world's strongest guy, but I want to be the world's fastest person at the same time. Like. That's, that's nice, but it ain't gonna happen, all right? Let's separate yeah, the two. Yeah, yeah. You automatically made me think of uh, Ross Edgley with that one. <laughs> um, I don't know how that guy does it. Maybe I do, but either way. <laughs> nah, just kidding, guys. And so, you know, I love this whole chat about stress, particularly with the physical stress as it pertains to all this stress we have now, right? So I also want to provide everyone listening a very practical measure that they can take not only in you know to today's current state which is pandemic quarantine isolation um staying at home essentially but also like what is very practical for people um i guess normally living a normal life whatever normal may mean for you so like what would you say what can people do now to not let these external factors uh basically affect their physical stress levels um well i would say like Probably one of the first things, right? And it's kind of like basic science, right? Usually, I mean, I'm gonna say I'm gonna speak in absolute. I'm never yeah. speaking no, absolute. But like, I hate people that speak in absolute. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I would say majority a person will become a byproduct of their environment. So, if you're able to change your environment, whether that's the people you're speaking to, whether that's the you know the information you're getting from the you know the the physical environment you're in. If you're just around, you know, a bunch of stuff that's not productive, right? And it's not challenging your brain in a positive way, and it's not like you, you can't attach to it, yeah. Uh, with you know, like 
meaning or your soul, right? Then it's not going to help you. Yeah, I would say be proactive about the entire situation. You're so like, yeah, yeah. So, so change your surroundings, right? Yeah. Like change your surroundings. It's, like it's like going to a metal show and trying to take a nap. <laughs> you know, like what the. Like, no one goes to the metal show to take a nap, you know? <laughs> so, unless you're pissed drunk. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, unless you're completely foobard, you know? Like, but um, no, yeah, it's exactly right. Change your physical surroundings. And sometimes physical surroundings mm -hmm. aren't necessarily just the four walls that you're inside of, but it's the people that you associate with. Yeah. It's the media that you consume, yeah. um, you know, whether that be social media or whatever on-demand sort of... Uh, news or whatever articles it is that you're reading yeah. um yeah that's a very good piece of advice is control your surroundings right? as best you can as, as best, best you can, can. Exactly. So exactly something's gonna always leak in there but it's like it's, it, again it's like okay if you leave your hand out there you know are you you're gonna take it or you're, you you can reject it too yeah. you know what i mean like you don't have to you know come with open arms to every situation yeah, you have to, you have you have the freedom and the ability yeah. to say no that, and that's your own conscience like you don't have to yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. walking down times square dude everyone's like hey, yo take my mixtape and you're like no no i'm good, I'm good. I, 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 I usually take them <laughs> you take the mixtape maybe some of that right but that's the point you choose which mixtapes you exactly. take exactly <laughs> uh i would say like per, me personally though uh definitely like picked up reading a lot more like for a while i was like an avid reader and then i stopped and then I'd pick it up and then just like leave it and I would just stop. I wouldn't finish a book and it was just yeah. like pissing me off. Um, but I actually started avidly reading again and then going on more hikes. Like I think ever since we went to Pima Canyon, yeah, I was like, yeah, we gotta go on a hike. And then I, and then I still didn't drag me to go to a hike, but Allie was like, let's go on a hike, let's go on a hike. We did Seven Falls, amazing, got tan. Got yes. to like, you know, experience, you know, just like sitting on some dry rocks. Yeah, so like that, yeah. just completely just like, just, just, going just associated me from, you know, this, what's going on, right? And just kind of just having tunnel vision, right? Like, I know what I can control. I'm gonna make the best out of the situation I have with the people that I'm surrounded with and, you know, the people that I have directly, con direct, direct connection with. Yeah. And that's gonna be it. Like, that's what I can do. Heck yeah. No, I love that. I mean, one thing personally that I've changed a lot because I've done a lot of hiking too. And I, dude, the outdoors is, like mother earth, mother nature is incredibly healing, bro. No matter what the situation is, just getting out and enjoying nature is transformative, you know. And I, living in Maui for you know the four years that I did, yeah, really showed it to me. And being able to be in a place like Tucson that has natural beauty like this, yeah. also is amazing. Um, life changing is being in nature. Uh, it's probably the only thing that keeps me from like moving to like a big city, quite frankly. Um, <clears throat> but that being said, too, you know something very simple that you can change. Uh, that I've done most recently now in, in, in I guess, quarantine, if you want to call it that, or so I feel, uh, so I feel like isolation. Wow, so <laughs> far off with that, bro. <laughs> um, an immigrant. So anyways, <laughs> has been basically like, I found myself getting lost in my phone a lot, yeah. you know, like whether it be social media or just basically consuming like too much screen time. Yeah. And so now in, in quarantine and isolation, you know, you're kind of forced to be around the people that you live with constantly. And so I've made that conscious effort to like at a certain time, just like like put my phone down and like not look at it and just really enjoy the company of the people that I'm with. Mm -hmm. And that also has been very calming and soothing. Absolutely. Because, you know, maybe what we're consuming on that screen time is very stressful because it's news about COVID, which is stressful without a doubt. But it could also just be 
um, a number of things, not just COVID that you're seeing on there. Maybe it could be related to like um, certain lifestyles that you see or certain people, certain other news, you know, things that basically we, we, we are living here yeah. and getting lost here as opposed to enjoying the present moment. That's something that I've been really conscious at doing as well. Um, but yeah, that's great practical information there. We do have some questions yes. that we got from Instagram and we're gonna go ahead and answer some of those right now. All right, some um, of these are not training related, so we're gonna try to get to these as best as we can. Yes, All right. it's gonna be a lot so, of fun. So this one, this one's to both of us. Who's Goku and who's Vegeta? <laughs> <laughs> who's Goku and who's Vegeta? That's a hard one, bro. I think, I think you're definitely a Goku. I was going to say, you're personality way loud, you're, 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 yeah, you're way louder and you laugh a lot. Yeah. And I feel, like, I feel like if I punched you in the face, hell, bro. you would laugh. Yeah, this is true. This Not is that true. I'm weak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd probably do like a backwards roll, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm more Vegeta because like, when I'm, I got more seriousness. Yeah, yeah, definitely more seriousness. And I have a widow's peak. Yeah, I guess you're right, dude. I, I don't have a widow's peak, but... I do eat a lot too. Goku eats a lot. Uh, <laughs> let me see. How about this? Um, how much time do you recommend focusing on mobility weekly? Um, I I am particularly obsessed with mobility. Yes. Um, so quite frankly, I do something that's mobility related every single day, whether that be a static stretch or uh, mobility exercise, or even like trigger point therapy or myofascial release. I do every single day and almost, it's probably almost too much to the point where, you know, maybe someone wouldn't really need it that much. Yeah. Um, but mostly just because I like being like flexible. I like being bendy um, and I like being pain free. And I have, you know, I broke my ankle. Yeah. I don't remember what year it was exactly. Like I want to say it was close to 10 years ago already, maybe eight years ago. And after a broken ankle, I didn't rehab it correctly and I developed a teller tendonitis in my left knee. And then I ended up rehabbing it myself. And it really just kind of opened my eyes to the whole entire like, oh shit, um, physical therapy, mobility, um, and basically just everything as it pertains to like joint by joint theory, honestly. Um, so I place an incredible importance to mobility just because it keeps me injury free and it keeps me moving. Like, yeah. Very wide range of motion. Um, I don't know what you're. So, so for me, I think I was like you, like uh, maybe sixteen months ago, eighteen months ago, yeah. and then I found myself personally. Yeah. I got so wrapped up in the mobility. Yes. That it took yes. away from my yes. actual workout, my actual workload. Yeah. And when it came to time. Yes. Okay, I spent way too much time on it, and I'm gonna tap into it. So like, I'm I'll, I'll throw so I'll throw a couple things in there. Like, now if I do it, because I'm gonna even, I don't even do it every week, but if I do do it, I, I do what's called like the med dose, right? The right. minimal effective dose that I Love need, it. just enough. If I had to do like, you know, two, you know, quadruped adductor rock backs, you know, yeah. per side, and I feel good, I'm done. You know what I mean? I won't yeah. spend any more time on it. Uh, what I do do, as a, or what I have been yeah, doing, do do. <laughs> what I have been doing is uh, spending more time doing like, like respiratory reset drills. Yes. Okay, and, and that's just uh, to better create like better positioning strategies when it comes to like transference to my major lips, mm -hmm. right? Like so better like orientation of my rib cage on top of my pelvis, and if I can control those and, and control you know like change of air pressure yeah. throughout my lips, I, then I, I I get a lot more out of that. 
than doing a mobility technique. Yeah. But that's just me personally. That's what yeah. that's what's been working for that's me. That's that's an incredibly good point that you brought up. Um, I don't know if I would say the general population would run into an issue like this, but people that are trainers can yeah. probably easily fall into this in the sense that like. I've definitely gone through my phases where I take way too long to warm up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I take way too like, what are you doing? Oh, you know, I'm releasing, then I'm stretching, and then I'm doing some activation drills, and it's like 30 minutes in, and you haven't really done anything, you know, except for stretch. <laughs> <laughs> so I get what he's saying. That's a really good point you brought up. I love that you did. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, the truth is, you really don't need it every single time you work out, unless. Of course, you already have like a predispositioned uh, situation um, where, you know, for example, patellar tendonitis. You know, if you're rehabbing an injury, then you, you will need it every time you work out. Um, but then, what's the most efficient way? I like that, the med dose. So that's nice. Um, there are your two opposing, right? Di uh, diametrically opposed views. <laughs> yeah, but well respected. But well, well respected, yes, yes. It, oh, you know what? The answer to that question is it depends. It depends. How's that? It yeah. really depends. And, if, and again, like, I think the other thing too is, if you feel like you need to do mobility technique before your workout training, do it. Yeah. Because if you feel like you have to conflict your own belief system or uh, your own like paradigm, then you're already fighting yourself before you even get into the yeah. workout. So yeah. It's just like just it's true. just do what do what's, what's going to make you feel good for that instance, and, and get ready to work. And it so totally depends too on the individual. Yeah. Because like I know one thing that motivates me personally to stay very mobile and flexible is like jujitsu because there's so many joint submissions yeah and honestly i can i don't get caught in a lot of joint submissions mm -hmm. i'll get choked out <laughs> but like people try to kimura me yeah uh and i'm just like keep going because it's not gonna go yeah, i'm not yeah. gonna tap you know or like like an electric chair like submission where you're basically forced into the splits i can do the splits so you're not gonna get me that way and that's like that's a perfect example of like it depends because not everyone and very little amount of people do jujitsu. Yeah. Um, and it depends on everyone's individual goals. Okay. You want to be more flexible? You're gonna have to do it more. Well, there's a question that kind of relates to that. Oh, yeah, so this sure. is from one of the followers, and this one said, uh, "What is the best programming for an athlete?" I'll so I'll let you start, and then I'll give I'll give my opinion. First of all. I'm gonna like uh, I'm gonna small kind roast this person. Um, <laughs> most ambiguous question? Could you be more ambiguous? <laughs> like, what's the best programming for an athlete? K um, depends on the athlete. Yeah. Depends on the athlete. Um, what type of sport they play? You know. Um, automatically, I think about power sports mm -hmm. because my brain goes into team sports, right? Like basketball, like football, um, where for the most part you do need. Um, you know, speed, agility, quickness, strength, power, those type of things. So automatically, um, then that question could become even more ambiguous because then it's like, um, what type of split are we using? Is that the question? I don't know if that was the question. They didn't go into that. Okay, so I mean, <sighs> there's no wrong answer. Yeah. There are some more efficient programs depending on the sport. Yeah. But like I would say for me, like I would probably do like, um, it would really depend. It would probably be like push and pull splits, split it up into like max effort and dynamic days. Yeah. Um, or even like an upper lower with max effort and dynamics. Like, but like I said, it, it's a pretty general question, yeah. so it would have to really depend on uh, the, the sport. Yeah. We got, we got so many sports. Now. There's so many sports. There's even poker. There's even so, poker. <laughs> got some wrist flexions, extensions, throwing things out. Exactly. Um, visual acuity. So like, I'm not gonna say which 
program that I would say would be the best. Yeah. Again, like I said, I think I've heard the sayings like, the best program is the one you're not on right now. Yes. Right? Yes. It doesn't yes. exist. Okay. Exactly. There's always there's always room for change. Okay. So I think with like a thorough assessment and like your your protocol should be okay. What is where's the athlete at like right now? Where are they at in exactly. regards to their sport? Like what is their you know ability? Okay. And then, so what is the sport? What's the variability of the sport? Let's, let's pick the sport apart. Let's see, you know, what they have to do um, and what positions do they need to like have like high uh, tolerances in or, or be able to be strong and in certain right. positions, right? Um, and then I think before you start designing, okay, like upper, lower, upper, lower this, it's like, okay, now let's, let's dig into the protocol more. So let's go, okay, what can this athlete adhere to? You know? That's, and, that's, that's number one, I'm glad you brought that up. Adherence. Yeah, so that, yeah. that's gonna, that's gonna supersede everything. That's like, gonna like, supersede everything. Adherence. If I have, yeah, if, if I, you know, if I give this NBA athlete this and he's got zero work ethic and he's, you know, not gonna do anything because it looks like too much on paper, yeah. you've wasted your time. Yeah. You know, but if you have a, a, like a Kobe Bryant, right, you can literally write him the Bible of workouts and he will finish everything in a week. You know what I mean? So find something that 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 athlete is gonna stick to and be able to accomplish. Um, but I would say the other thing too is like. What do you so what's what's like the the overall domain like for that athlete? Is it you know competency of the program? Yeah. Is it you know capacity of the program? Like how much can they withhold in that program? Um, and then you know from there, uh, I would say like what are these you know subcategories? Like what are you trying to gain in that phase? Right. So you can you, you draw this this enormous enormous program out. You know it could be you know four weeks or you can be eight weeks or you can go a year out. Right. But it's with a bunch of you know, breakdowns in it. What's the goal? Is it strength in one area? Is it you know aerobic development in one area? Is yeah. it a movement quality in one area? And then you from so after you figure out yeah. what that, you need, like, depending on the sport, you have exactly extremely specific movement patterns yeah. for the sport. And then also we do have general movement patterns mm -hmm. as well, like universal movement patterns, but also like for example, a pitcher in baseball, that's a very specific movement that he has to do over and over again. So his program's gonna be completely different. Yeah. Then you know, I don't know, a soccer player. Well, and not, not only that, like a, a basketball player, say if I have a center, yeah. right? I'm not gonna program like ATG squats with yeah. them because they're never <laughs> gonna no get translation. Not only that, but no they're, they're never sitting in that position, no. like even off a rebound. No, nope. like so you you have to you know be mindful of you know what they're actually Where's doing the carry in the game. Over? Exactly. Where's the carry? You, you, you just nailed it on the head. Yeah. So it depends. There is no best one. So once you do your thorough assessment and get as much data as you can, you have to make the most best possible executive executive decision, right? And then you have to be able to communicate the program and the direction you're going with that person and and actually figure out like with confidence that they understand like where you're, what you're doing, where you're going. And if they're able to do so, right? And you have to check in every step of the way. Oh, yeah. Because again, adherence is gonna supersede everything. So that's a lengthy answer, but I think it's oh, an in-depth answer. It's a good answer, yeah. Adherence, I like that one. That was a good bit too. Let's get this Even one. Forget about. Alright. So this one, I'll let you start this one. Uh, what are some of your favorite training techniques for hypertrophy? Ooh, my favorite training techniques. Um uh, I would say probably things like, even though I haven't really done hypertrophy training in a while, I would say, um, 
it's like drop sets or like supersets. I do love particularly for hypertrophy. Um, training hypertrophy with you is on another level. Um, I'm not gonna lie. It's shit that like I haven't particularly done, but like definitely um, the efficiency that you drive out of certain muscles. Delicious, you know what I'm saying? I appreciate it. So yeah, for sure, for sure. But my personal favorites would um, definitely be, as it pertains to hypertrophy, would be like things like drop sets and supersets. I'm kind of um, very well known for like, not really doing a lot of single jointed movements, yeah, yeah. just because in my head, I'm like, where's the carry over on that, yeah. you know? And, and <laughs> it's kind of like a bit of a laughing matter here. Um, but, um, cause also like, I just, I'm not really into the whole single jointed movements. I like compound movements, yeah. I like multi-joint movements. And so, I would say that if I had, you know, uh, uh, obviously a client though that was more hypertrophy based, mm -hmm. I would definitely be looking into more single jointed movements as well. Um, how about you? I, I think for me, so like different techniques that I, that I do like for like uh, hypertrophy. By the way, let's define hypertrophy just in case anyone hasn't really gotten it. So you want to define it? Okay, basically hypertrophy is increased lean mass, increased muscle mass. Um, think bodybuilding, honestly, for layman's terms. So, one of the things that I like to do, like in say like a set, would be um, like a rest pause set. So if I had to hit, you know, x x x amount of like you know reps, if I had to do like 15 reps, and then without you know manipulating the resistance profile, I'll take you know five to eight deep breaths, yes. and without and and then I'll just get after it again, right. and then I'll just you know go after it and get as many quality reps as I can, and then you know rest or, or drop the whatever the exercise I'm doing, like rest it on the machine without, you know, keeping the tension on myself and then I'll get ready to go again. And then you could do like, essentially like a, like a drop set, but without modifying the resistance. Yeah. You could also do like a drop set. Um, so I think that's one of my favorite techniques rest is the rest pause, pause next, yeah. I haven't done that for in a while. Probably should. We'll get, we'll get one in this week. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me see. How about this one? Will I lose my muscle during lockdown? Oh man, the answer is get matched. <laughs> so, um, how long is the lockdown? You know, <laughs> um, there's a lot of I guess external factors. Um, quite frankly, um, if you're if you're for example only doing hypertrophy training, yeah, and then you get locked down and you don't have access to resistance whatsoever, um, I do believe that there is body weight protocols and programs that you can do that'll help uh, you know maintain the mass that you have. Um, Obviously, there's a lot of other things that really matter as well, which is like let's talk about nutrition. Yeah, uh, let's talk about nutrition. Yeah. Like if you're if you're eating a hell of a lot less because of lockdown, yeah, you're gonna lose weight. You're gonna lose your mass. You're gonna lose your gains. Is that what they said? No, they didn't say gains. Oh, they said muscle. So muscle. muscle. Okay. <laughs> Same thing. It was gains with a Z actually. And so, um, yeah, it really would depend on your nutrition. Um, you probably would benefit if you've been hitting, you know, an incredibly high volume and intensity. You probably would benefit from some time away from the weight and maybe transitioning to a different training style, like body weight being one of them. Um, but yeah, you're gonna have to really look at your nutrition and um, what your daily caloric expenditure is and how much you're eating, um, basically relative to that. I would say. I would say. I would say in turn with that too. Like if you're limited to like what you're accessible right now. You have to figure out other ways to create a high demand or, or a stimulus right, yeah. for your muscles. So you know whether that's being tempo controlled with the tempo, yeah, with, with the minimal weights that you have. Like, you, you have like been, twenty pound weights, yeah. right? 
take 10 to 15 seconds on an eccentric descent and then try to hold the pause for about, you know, two to three, four, five seconds and create a physical demand, right? And I, I guarantee you, 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 won't, you won't lose your gains, you'll probably sus you'll sustain your gains quite well. Oh, yeah. Or you can do, if you don't have anything like long duration isometrics, oh like, my God. you try to hold the yes. split squat for two minutes. Yes, like, dude. I, I, I did that, so I did that with Ernie. And he introduced that to me, and I still hate him to this day. <laughs> but yeah, Yo. hold a split squat for two minutes, body weight, and, and let's see, like you know, if you lose your gains, hold a hold a squat, dude, or hold like a low plank, you know, like geez, something like that. Yeah, or hold a pull up, you know, like proper pull up. My goodness, be crazy. So yeah. I, you won't lose your gains. Yeah, and that those are all methods that you can do without actually like introducing any external variables like a resistance. Because obviously you can go on Amazon still and buy a kettlebell. Yeah. You can go on Amazon and buy a series of resistance bands. So you can get some resistance, so to speak, yeah. on lockdown. You might have some weights at home, you know? Um, but look, that's a perfect example of a training stimulus that doesn't require any external factors. Um, okay, how about this? Is hit or less better to improve cardiovascular endurance? Ooh, I, I would say that this can be a pretty um, controversial because for some reason there are people in the hit camp and there are yeah. people in the list camp and in my head I'm like can't we all just get along like <laughs> like you're gonna benefit from both from of both them. Right. you're gonna you're gonna benefit from yeah. both of them and and then if you really want to get crazy with it you're gonna want to think to yourself what's the goal right because like if I'm training a mixed martial artist yeah they have to be efficient for five minutes for about yeah, yeah. They have to be efficient for five minutes and guess what if it's it's if it's three rounds, it's 15 minutes total. Yeah. If it's five rounds, it's 25 minutes total. Mm -hmm. So obviously, that's a very specific take on the question. Yeah. But you know, the answer is always it depends on what the goal is. I think. So I'll give you I'll give you my perspective. Yeah, let's it, it. So this is obviously to improve. Like, I'm gonna pick apart. It says cardiovascular endurance. Okay, so both benefit. You know, yeah. the en endurance aspect. But if you look at it like in terms of okay, you have your aerobic capacity. So how well you could use, you know, oxygen to keep yeah. going, right? And then you have your anaerobic, you know, exercise, which is, you know, how well you can convert uh, glucose yeah. into energy for this much time, right? Before you get into another yeah. like pathway. Exactly. Um, so if I'm, if I, if I, me personally, you're asking for the endurance, you know, I'm thinking long duration. Yeah. So, but I would say too, with a contrast of both, I would start by getting an athlete, or you know, any athlete, okay? And let's start with trying to build up their aerobic capacity as high as you fucking can. Right. Just try to lift it to you know such a, a kind of a cloud, a threshold, right? Till you hit a point of diminishing returns and then start throwing in some anaerobic output or exercise activity, yes. right? Because then that's only gonna improve this side. But if you have a low anaerobic threshold, right? You, you are out of shape and you go here and you're trying to do 15 rounds of rope yes. snaps, like you're gonna look like a shitty slob at yeah, round three. And then rounds, rounds, yeah, rounds <laughs> you know, three to 12 are gonna be like shit. So it's like yeah. your your workload was like out of 100% of the work you could have done, you did, you know, 15 to 20% of it efficiently or, you know, efficiently and optimally, and then the rest you just died because yeah. you didn't have an aerobic base. Blacking out, just like, oh, losing my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so for me personally, drive up the aerobic base as high as you can so you get a point of diminishing returns, then start playing around with different uh, yeah. types of uh, anaerobic work or like high continuous, uh, high intensity continuous training. Yes. Um, so that, that's my take. Let's see. How's this? Uh, oh, you like this one? 
What's the secret to both y'all's thick and juicy booties? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what the heck? Who runs that, bro? Um, that doesn't matter. <laughs> um, honestly, it's gotta be, and I'm speaking for both of us when I say this, but um, you can say your part. It's definitely genetics and training um, and eating. I mean, I don't know, dude. I think mine is uh, from adaptation to spankings. <laughs> A lot of, a he lot likes of stress. it rough, uh, you know? No, I'm beating as a kid. Oh, God. <laughs> Yo, uh, we're leaving that in. No, I, I would say, like, genetically, I've always had lower, I mean, bigger lower extremities, yeah, okay? So, like, from the, glutes, from, the, from the glutes down, and then, you know, I started yeah, out, my first sport was soccer. Okay, my first sport <laughs> was soccer. So, I was just yeah. always, like, a lower yeah. body athlete. Me too. Then, after that, it was wrestling, football. And then wrestling, and then after that, after you know my football career ended, I was like, I want to do powerlifting. Yeah, I'd never done it before, and I was just like, you know, I was never like a strong man, but I was like a little guy that can hold my own, and I have really good relative strength. And I was like, I kind of ran with it, and then I was just pumping a lot of volume and a lot of weight for you know what what I was supposed to be programmed for 12 weeks, and then I missed this cutoff to enter this powerlifting competition. So you and Martin had helped develop a program for me yeah. that extended. So I literally was programmed for probably almost a year. So my legs just blew up yeah. and then I yeah. even backed off of them and they still kind of held their own. So oh, yeah. I'm not speaking for you, but that's my case. Yeah, yeah. No, no, honestly, very similar in the sense that I played a hell of a lot of soccer, um, quite a bit of American football. I'd say that because I call soccer football. And um, after that, I became pretty obsessed with Olympic weightlifting, which has so many squats, not so many deadlifts, to be honest. Um, and obviously, everything that pertains to Olympic weightlifting, like this, the snatch and the clean and jerk, all of the like uh, accessory work has a lot to do with the lower extremities. So, yeah, that part, that part. Um, genetics, training. And then also, I love to eat. So that's a recipe for success. That's a recipe for success on the glutes. They're peach perfect. So I think we got time for one more question. Let's hit that. All right. Let's get a good one in here, bro. Um, oh, let me see. I know, I know, I know. Okay, I swear I'm gonna find it. <laughs> okay, how about this? We're trying to get a really How about this? Thing, so. What makes you guys come in and put in so much passion and care? I love that question. Um, I'll go first. Um, first of all, it is what it is. Like, fitness is my passion. Moving is my passion. Um, the return on my life that I've seen in fitness goes far beyond my physical being. Okay? Um, I've gone through quite a bit in my life and a lot of my close friends know that and if not for fitness I do not know what type of you know talking about adaptations like I don't know what type of coping behavior or adaptive behavior I would have developed and I think that fitness has been the absolutely best way to put my energy um, not to mention that my personality, I am extremely extroverted, and it just so happens that fitness happens to be an industry that extroverted people thrive in, you know? Um, and that's shown not only in my one-on-one -on -one clients, you know, because I've, I've been doing personal training now for 
about seven years now. So not only my one-on-one -on -one clients, but also group fitness, which is something that I started doing once I moved to Maui and now that I do here at Pursuit Fitness. Um, it really helps build that community and <clears throat> not only that extroverted personality for me, but it's also just simply the fact that like in general, I am like a very kind, loving person and I just wear my heart on my sleeve. And being able to be in the fitness industry, um, you know, you can attract a lot of people that also are looking to use fitness as a coping mechanism and also people that are looking to love themselves, which yeah. is something that I'm huge on is self-love. You know, you can't fill someone else's cup with an empty cup. So a lot of people fill their cups by, you know, by training, by doing something active. And so I love, basically that's what I'm passionate about. And that's, that's what keeps me going every single day. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, and that's why I'm glad to have you like as part of this organization. Man. That's right. We 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 mesh, you know, beyond well. Yeah, I love it. I love um, it. So I'll say like for me, kind of similar story. Like the fitness has always been there for me. Fitness is like whether it's sport, you know, whether it's the, the gym, whether it's the weight room, whether it's a, you know, my old my yeah, it's always been there. It'll never leave me, right? If any if shit hits the fan, I know I can always go back to some sort of athleticism or fitness. Yeah. Or training and it will never abandon me um, for people that know me like very personally fitness saved me okay because I was living a different lifestyle and you know I hit a certain point in my life where if I didn't stop what I was doing adapt, adapt and overcome, <laughs> right? yeah and I didn't want to adapt you know to have adapt that, to that stress response. No. Yeah, yeah. maladapt. Yeah, coping mechanisms. Yeah. I, had, I had to just completely change everything, right? And and, and pick. What do you want to do? Because if you know you stick to doing this, you're not going to be around much longer. Um, so it completely restored my life, right? And it it, it made for me prosperous, right? I've, I've gotten so like beyond like right? yeah, but, but beyond like I would say like whatever I define success, you know, yeah. as an individual in this industry. Right, but part of it is like the the connections, the relationships I've been able to establish, um, like the communication I've been able to have, you know, with particular people. Because me, you know, prior to fitness, I wouldn't have these like in depth conversations, and I wouldn't, you know, even have the courage to talk about uncomfortable topics with people because yeah. people they open up to you, like they 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 absorb you. You become part of their family. You become part of their lifestyle. So, like for me, what makes me so passionate is the fact that I've you know taken these amount of individuals or ex-individuals and I've seen them succeed and I've also seen them come back down, you know, because of some other types of external factors, you know, whether that's something outside of the gym that's, you know, creating some kind of dis like a disconnection with them in fitness and then having to bring them back and, you know, kind of guide them, you know, to, you know, like, this is what you guys wanted. Let's go back to this and be able to do that. And then for them building off that, or like if I've had, you know, older individuals that are, you know, 60 plus, and they never lifted before. And, you know, they come in here and almost they have this like mentality like, oh, you know, I'm this amount, this this many years old. Like, they almost visually, they, they have this belief system that they're like a, like a medical patient because they're, you know, this many years old. And I'm like, dude, your age doesn't define you. Like, if you're showing me that you're diligent and you have work ethic and you, you can, you know, understand these concepts and you're willing to work and not only like, you're moving the way I'm, you know, approving of, and you, I, I feel confident in, in what your capabilities are. We're gonna keep building, and then yeah. to see like there are some of the hardest working people in here because they're like, you know what? 
you know, on paper I might have 20 years left, but I'm going to make the most of it now, and I'm going to, you know, speed this up. So yeah. I think that's what, like, get, makes me the most passionate about, like, you know, how I come in and deliver every day. It's just, like, knowing that that's on the table, and, like, I can make an impact like that every single day. Yeah. I love that, man. Thanks for coming on, man. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, bro. And, yeah, stay tuned, guys. Enjoy. Share this with your friends. <laughs> I love you guys. Take it easy.